meeting is being recorded. Well, hello, hello, hello. This is hello. Natalie Francis Clark. I am your host for the Pause Reset Podcast, and I can't talk today, obviously. And my guest today is none other than Derricka Cardi. Derricka is a project management and training development leader with over 25 combined years of experience in change management activities, facilitation, and instructional design mythologies. She is a proven course designer and developer in both pre and post implementation activities in Oracle's cloud, Oracle's e-business suite, PeopleSoft, and some of the largest financial modernization projects. She is well-versed with various new business processes, tools, and technologies. Derricka partners with technical experts to learn the intricacies of a system, software, or application to effectively communicate with and instruct end users. She is experienced in designing, developing, and instructing enterprise resource planning modules such as Oracle's contract lifecycle management, procurement lifecycle management, and PeopleSoft. Derricka is a dynamic project leader strategic thinker and decision maker with strong interpersonal skills needed to successfully design and deliver comprehensive change and training programs in the private, government, and public education environment. She is also the president of Claire, Claire Curriculum. Let's welcome Derricka Cardi. Hey, Derricka. Hey, Natalie. Hello, hello, hello. How are you today? I am well. I'm well. So before I begin, it's something that I always like to do. I like to ask my guests whether they're eating or um, drinking at this moment. Am I eating or drinking anything? Yeah. Um, no, I, I had um, I have a water at my, my water bottle next to me just in case the throat gets dry. <laughs> Water seems to be the popular um, answer these days whenever I ask, so so that's good. I'm actually here um, sipping on some turmeric ginger tea. Okay. Um, No no sugar, no honey, just drinking it straight. Okay. Um, Yeah, so Derrica, let's just jump right into it. So from a sociology major Uh to the IT world, when did you realize IT was it for you? It was, how did I know it was my shtick? Um, it was really funny. Um, I went to school uh, in Orange, New Hampshire, and I was a sociology major, and I just knew I was going to change the world. I was just like, I have this passion. People are great. People are wonderful. And I graduated, and I realized, oh, wait. <laughs> This is a great major to know about people's behaviors, um, but there are no sociology jobs per se. And if I wanted to do something in that field, I probably would have to go back to school and I wasn't ready to do that. Uh, But I needed a job and I moved to New York because one one of my best friends, she was a school teacher in New York City public school teacher in New York City public schools. And she kind of said, all you need is a heartbeat. And I was like, really? And I applied and I got in, but they made me become a computer teacher. 
Oh. And I had probably at the time from graduating from 1999, I mean, computers were around, um, but I probably took two computer classes. And from that point on, I, become, I became a computer teacher for New York City Public Schools for about um, eight, eight to 10 years. I can't remember the exact time frame. Mm-hmm. And um, got a master's degree in instructional dis- um, technology. And basically, I transitioned when I moved to the D.C. area from teaching little people to teaching big people. Wow. Okay. That's that quite interesting. Yeah, that's quite interesting. Now you yeah. talk about you, I, you. You talked about you know when you were a sociology major because you know you thought you were going to change the world. Because I remember, just to let the audience know, Derek and I we've known each other way back. Yes. As as, as um as uh, one of my good friends would say back in the nineteen hundreds. Yes. <laughs> And you, and, you, and you were a peer leader, so I I could um right because you were involved in um the the nonprofit sector, either a peer leader or you, you were you were involved in community activities. I do remember that, right? I did. Yeah. I was I used to work at the Boys and Girls Club, and I definitely did. You know, I was in within not so much working at the Boys and Girls Club, but also there was the YMCA. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Dorchester, and we were part of that youth program that they had. Mm-hmm. Uh, so definitely, you know, that's where, you know, some of my passion came from, yeah. you know, being involved in the community, uh, giving back to the community, being an advocate. Um, so yes, thank you for reminding me of some of the stuff that I did when I was a kid. Let me tell you, so um, Lisa, as you remember Lisa, I actually tell her she serves as my memory. So I do believe friends serve as memories for things we don't quite remember. Mm -hmm. So, okay. So you had a management position prior to launching your company, Claire Curriculum. Uh When did you know it was time to branch out on your own? So that's a really good question because um, I dabbled I, t- I would, the best thing is I, you know, dip my toe in the water to, you know, test the temperature. And so that was actually the second time that I really did it. So the first time I was working for a firm and um, I basically had a conversation with my manager and he was just like, you're great, but there's no room for you to grow here because I was not client facing. I was internal. So our clients were the folks that were client, you know, that were in client facing projects. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, unless he left, you know, I wasn't going to really go anywhere. So I had the opportunity to get on a project with a, a small boutique company, but they were so small that once the project was over, that means that unless they found me something else, my role is over. So it's not like being with the big five consulting firms like a Deloitte or Accenture, mm-hmm. where you are looking for the, a project, you kind of sit on a bench or sometimes people call it the beach and you, they still pay you while you look for a project. So um, I 
Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So th that's really good. That's why you work for the big ones, right? Um, so I worked for this um, a small boutique company, and that's when I started making more money and being quasi independent. So it was definitely, you know, I didn't get any necessarily any benefits per se, um, but um, it's it almost had the motto of you don't work, you don't get paid. Um, and they might have a little bit of padding in there for you um, for days off, but not a lot. Um, so I did that for probably about a good year and a half. Um, and there was a point where my project was going to end and slightly personal. I wanted to uh, have children and um, I knew that in order for me to get the benefits that I needed, I would have to go to a large firm. And I was looking at their packages, what they were offering. And that's when I went back to Accenture and became um, more of a manager at that, at that point in my life. Mm. And um, where I dipped my toe again was I got a, I was offered another position uh, to do independent contracting. And that was really my big leap on having to create my own business in 2019. So um, I got on the project. They were just like, you know, this is, um, they call it 1099, um, it's core. And, um, and probably like it took me about maybe two weeks to a month, um, you know, submitted my paperwork to a company um, to make sure that I did everything right. And I had my own business and, had to get insurance and then since 2019 I've literally been um, a one-person shop I do have another business with a business partner it's called Davis Cardi which we do very similar services um, mm. as Clear Curriculum but Clear Curriculum is my baby um, and you know it's the first time that I've ventured out on my own mm -hmm. and you know been doing that ever since for those of us who are not in the IT world, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, please explain, like, what's the mission or the goals of, of Clear Curriculum? Sure. And what it, and what it provides for, for clients? Because I, I, read, I read your bio and I'm saying this is all impressive. Yeah. I just don't understand. So, sure. Yeah. No worries. Um, so... You know, I'm an instructional designer. And so what we do is we create courses for um, typically for adult learners. And so just like any process, we have a, um, a model and we call it, we call it the Addy model. Um, and where we do, we analyze or conduct needs assessments um, and we design, develop, and then we implement the instruction for the end users and then at the end we evaluate it. Mm -hmm. So that is our cycle um, for you know creating courses. You have a client who has a need um, to have some type of training delivery. Mm -hmm. And I typically I don't have to, but I typically work with clients who have a technical training um, requirement. So there is um, an implementation that needs to take place or an upgrade with a, a system, a computer system. Um, and 
they have end users that, you know, if I just kind of do a very basic, they have end users that have been creating, in, you know, stuff, any kind of stuff. Let's say they just, they've been always doing paper. Like, you know, they, you know, they, they've been filing papers and so forth for, you know, for the last 20 years. And on January 1st, in a year from now, they're going to go from paper to using a computer system. Well, that's where I would come in because they can't just cut somebody off and say, okay, use this computer system. We have to be able to transition them from what they know mm-hmm. and where they need to be. And so we conduct gap analysis um, based on, you know, their current processes and then what they're going to need to know in order to be successful in their system. So that's the needs assessment portion of it. And then based on, you know, the environment, the demographics, um, you know, what their previous knowledge is, we start to uh, design what the course would look like um, from the beginning to the end. And then the next phase of it is developing, actually physically creating the materials um, for the course. And then I also do the implementation side where I can provide the instruction uh, for that particular course. And then after that, you do evaluations, um, typically right after the course and then maybe six months to a year to see what kind of behavioral changes have taken place. Mm. So um, I kind of did a very basic, you know, um, uh, understanding of it, or I can't think of the word right now. Um, but you know, I work with a lot of federal clients. Um, they are they've been pretty much my clients um, ever since I worked into the D.C. area. So I've been on a lot of um, federal projects. Um, from the National Archives um, to Navy um, to the Coast Guard. Um, And so there are huge implementations that impact um, not only the federal employees, but American citizens. And what I really know what I do best is um, procure to pay. And so I basically show them how to use project um, procurement systems. Um, so the government is one of the biggest buyers of everything <laughs> that anybody would want to sell. Um, they they purchase, you know, nail clippers, um, nail filers. Um, and so I will go in there and show their end users how to be able to purchase those items in an electronic system that is integrated with all of their other financials in order to keep a really good tally of what the American public is paying for. Mm. Hope that makes sense. No, it does. It, it actually clarifies a lot. <laughs> so um, where do you see clear curriculum like in the next five years? You know, that's a really good question because um, I, I, like I said, I, I also have a, another business um, with my partner. His name is Ernest Davis. 
um, we're in Davis Cardi. And so we do a very similar type of work mm -hmm. and you know, we're just sitting, we're, um, we're just trying to grow mm -hmm. and um, be able to provide these services to um, federal contracts. Um, and what's helpful is that, you know, we are a minority owned business um, with clear curriculum. I'm a woman owned small business. And so it is a requirement um, that if the government has a need that typically there are some set asides for um, businesses that are women owned small, um, that are veteran owned, um, that are disadvantaged um, minority businesses. So it basically makes sure that some of the larger firms don't take up all the money when providing services to the federal government. So it's just really growing um, and you know, hopefully at one point, um, not having to do the day-to-day -day tasks that I do, because I still work as if I, you know, as a contractor. So, you know, eventually be able to go into more of a management position where I'm hiring people that are doing the work that I'm doing right now on the ground, mm -hmm. um, but really trying to obtain those contracts um, and, you know, build and provide services, not only for the government, but provide jobs for people that are in this area. Um, I'm passionate about, you know, giving people opportunities, especially people that look like me, um, and especially people who came from communities that I came from, because, um, you know, we can do it. Um, it is, it's a journey, but, um, and there are folks that, at one point in our lives may have doubted us, but uh, you and I are both are here to prove them wrong. Or we prove them wrong. Right, right, right. So in being IT, um, a woman, woman of color, mm -hmm. what are some of the, um, what are some difficulties that you may have faced or have there been any, have you experienced? Oh any? yeah, <laughs> there's difficulties on, on, on a daily basis. Not daily, but I, I face them enough. Uh, well, it's interesting because with the pandemic, <clears throat> I started my company in 2019, the pandemic happened in 2020. Mm -hmm. So I've been remote for most of the time, um, but I do put my picture up and my teams or my, my profile so people do have an idea who they're speaking to. Uh, I think the challenges are is that people doubt you and that you have to, you're constantly proving yourself mm -hmm. and at times it feels tiring. Um, mm -hmm. And, uh, and you know, it's, it, it, you know, there's, there's hurdles, but then at, there are times you have to realize, you know, life isn't easy. Um, there's hurdles for everybody, you know, um, if, if I didn't have shelter, I had, you got to figure out a way to get shelter. Mm -hmm. um, and so when it comes to work, there will be people who think that just because, um, you know, I'm in training or I create courses that I don't have any other knowledge of how the system is supposed to work. Um, and how it's supposed to function correctly. Mm -hmm. uh, and if I tell them like, hey, this is not working the right way, you know, they're like, oh, you, 
you just don't know how to do this. And I'm like, no, I do. Because um, not only do I provide instruction, I've also have been, I've done help desk work or desk side assistance work. So if there was an issue with the system, um, that somebody would call the help desk to put in a ticket, you know, I might be that first line of defense to go and make sure that it's not an end user issue that's occurring. Mm -hmm. um, so I might not be, you know, the, the person who designed the system or the technical person. I have a bit of functional experience, um, but I'm not just somebody that's just going to tell you all the point and clicks and not know what the downstream effects are going to be when they do it. And I typically try to break systems sometimes because I can, I'm like, if I did it, that means that the end user is going to do it. So, you know, this is not configured correctly. You need to fix it. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, what, what makes clear curriculum stand out from its competition? You know, um, that is a really good question because I think, um, you know, I have a passion for learning. I have a passion to know what my client needs mm -hmm. um, and also have the ability to tell my clients, these are best practices. And if you decide to go another way, we can do it. But I'm going to tell you that it's a, it, it's probably going to be some rework that's going to be taken involved. And we, we try our best. I'm going to try my best not to be a yes person. Um, a yes person is going to, you know, tell you yes, because they know, you know, downstream that it's, it's not, it probably is not going to work the way you visioned it because, you know, there are, that's where my sociology degree comes in. There are some behaviors that we are well aware of, of end users when it comes to, um, you know, learning something new because people, it's hard for people to change, right? Mm -hmm. um, it's hard for people to adapt to something that, you know, they have muscle memory um, every day logging on their computer and typing in something and seeing the screen the way it is. Um, with this, you know, so when you ask somebody to look at, you know, screen differently or, you know, go through a different route, um, you know, that, that, you know, there's a lot of complaining, you know, that gets involved and you, you start to be a little bit of a therapist and then you're like, I get it. <laughs> I get it. I understand. Um, and, um, you know, we, we know after like maybe a month, it might take you to, you know, it's going to be an adjustment, but you're going to get it. And um, it's going to make things a lot easier for you. Um, and, Sometimes you have to be like, it's a mandate. So you can, <laughs> you can sit here and, and talk about it. I got I got Kleenex, so let's go. But um, on Monday, it's going live. And you're not going to be able to do what you were doing previously because um, it's not going to be there. It's not going to be available to you anymore. And here's a new system. Hmm. So. Okay. So... Director, mm -hmm. care to share a fun fact about yourself? Um, my fun fact is that um, I just got on another board 
Um, I'm on the Boys and Girls Club of Dorchester, the Dan Mar Boys and Girls Club board last two months ago. So um, I'm super excited about it. Um, I, I have one of my other passions is to making sure that uh, students um, that are in their high school years, particularly their senior or their junior years, um, look for opportunities in going into a four-year college. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm on the board of trustees for Franklin Pierce University. And so um, you know, I want to get as many uh, black and brown kids, if not in my school, but to a school mm-hmm. um, and, and have them you know, get an experience that they may not have happened had if they stayed in their neighborhood. And no shade to people that don't go that route or anybody that does the two-year um, associate route. Mm-hmm. Um, I get it. Um, and I know the sticker price for college is unattainable to some, and we have to work on that. Um, but those are my fun facts is, you know, making sure our youth have a chance. Mm-hmm. So. Um, going back to what you said, as far as the, the price of college, and we need mm-hmm. to work on that. Mm-hmm. What, is, wh- what are some of the things that you think um, can be done that the government can do better? I mean, to be honest, I was hoping that this whole um, loans and all that would have been wiped away by now. But listen. Girl, I came home from someplace and I got a letter in the mail. They were like, you do not qualify for this, you know, uh, debt reduction or elimination. Because I was a New York City school teacher and they were like, oh, you taught New York City school. You know, you can get your um, your debt, you know, taken away. And I was just like, and then with the Biden um, Harris, you know, relief I pretty much it was gone and I got a letter and I was just like I felt so defeated because of the technicality of like when my loan originated <laughs> I was like are you kidding me are you serious swear to god like like it, it started it started like you know like you had to have had it I think I had my loan like prior to like 1998 I forgot what the technicality was but I I, I was like, you know what? It is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was very, very disappointed because I was I I was rushing to get all this information because I didn't even know about that program. And then I remember calling somebody, um, you know, saying, Hey, I'm you know about to get the deadline. I'm getting all this stuff in, and I I finally got the, got it in. And the person was like, Oh wow, yeah, you got it. She was like, Your debt's gonna be, you know don't worry, you're good. And then uh, maybe two weeks later, they were just like, yeah, you don't qualify. So Mm -hmm. I was just um, bummed. So what can the government do? I mean, we, if you got, just like what Tupac said, you got money for wars, but but can't feed the poor. It's the same thing. Like we have, there, there are funds available. Um, And I do know that there are talks about the debt ceiling limits, but you know, social funding is very important. Um, if you have money to, you know, pay for, you know, certain 
you know, certain things within the government, you can you, hopefully they can switch some of those funds around um, because you have to invest in our kids. Um, and it's important. So, you know, bumping up that, you know, those Pell Grants and those student loans, and then, you know, maybe hopefully not the interest rates are, you know, either really close to zero for certain, some of those loans. Mm-hmm. And again, the sticker price for college is expensive. And so one of the things that is important is that just like when you are purchasing a car, typically you just don't go to one dealership and then buy the car. Hopefully you don't. You go around and then if you really like the car dealership, you go back to them and say, hey, you know, dealership, this your, your dealership A, dealership B gave me this amount. What can you do to help me out? I really want this pink Corvette and they have a blue one. Tell me how you, how I'm going to get into this pink Corvette. And so there's a discount rate. So whatever they have as a sticker price, you know, parents um, need to go back and say, you know, my, my son or daughter um, has gotten into other schools, but this is her first choice, you know, and this is the amount of money that they're going to give her in scholarships. You know, what can you do to offer it, you know, to offer this person, mm. um, my son or daughter to, you know, get a better, to get into the door here. Mm. Um, so, you know, I think that's, that's one of the things. And I, and, I, it's, and it's a deterrent for a lot of people because they just, mm. you know, they don't know. Um, and you don't know what you don't know, especially it's the first time you're going to school or, you know, Let's say in my brother's case, you know, he went, he had a full ride. Um, he played ball, um, but he has, he has children now. So, you know, the, the process is slightly different. And so teaming up with people, um, you know, who know what that process is and how to get, you know, these scholarships, because there's scholarships all over the place, yeah. all over the place. You just, it's not there for just the brightest and the you know so-called best it's not there it's, i'm i'm in a nonprofit that you know we gave scholarships to kids who um go to george mason and they came from prince george's county or dc mainly and they got into george mason and you know they we, didn't, we weren't looking for the kids with the best grade we were looking for a good fit and we were looking to make sure that whatever they're going to, we're going to help them become successful in their transition from their freshman year to their sophomore year. And so there's, you know, there's, there's scholarships out there. People have to take the time and look for them. Um, and then, you know, take a, you know, one Saturday out of the month, start collecting all the scholarships out there. And then for two months, you start, really just diving in on how you can, you know, obtain those scholarships. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're, they're, they're there. You don't have to have a 4.0. You don't even have to have a 3.0 sometimes in some of these scholarships. True. So, so true. you know, that's what, you know, there's, there's money out there, mm-hmm. um, but it's, it's, it's work, mm-hmm. but it's worth it. You know? Yeah. Well, I have one final question for you. Mm-hmm. How do you create work-life balance? Um, I work hard, but I play a lot harder. <laughs> so I, um, I got a travel bug, uh, since I was in my twenties, I started traveling 
abroad. I have not hit every continent. It will hopefully in my 40s, I'll be able to say that. Um, I can add a couple more continents, but um, you know, I I love to travel. Um, you know, sometimes it's a trip, sometimes it's vacation. Vacation means I mean I need to unplug and I just need to sit on a beach and read a book. Um, a trip, you know, might have a little bit of vacation in there, but you're just kind of exploring new places and so forth. Um, but I have a really good group of friends, um, and I'm a bit of a social butterfly, so I do have you know social outlets um, when I need it. Um, and then if I'm stressed, um, I crochet. So really, I, yeah, I've been known to crochet. Um, I, I, one of my best friends, uh, she just had a baby and I was able to bang out a blanket in about a, in a week. So it was my first blanket. So I just, I'll just sit there and, you know, I like to crochet cause I don't have to count. I just have to remember the pattern with knitting. You have to count and do a lot of that stuff. Crochet, sometimes you don't have to count as much. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll just do that. And <laughs> that is, a. Uh, that is my work-life balance in a nutshell. Oh, that's that. That's cool. I okay. I, I'm seeing a lot of people um, who who uh, crochet, and I'm saying oh, it's it looks great. so relaxing. It is. And I guess for me, I just said no. Nah, I don't think I have the, um, the patience to learn. But hey, you never you, know. Yeah, you. Um, I my aunt, my auntie KK. Uh, she, when we were kids, she taught us like the basics mm-hmm. and I, um, and I put it down for like years. And then I would say about eight years ago, eight, nine years ago, um, I was working at a firm and, uh, one of the higher ups, she was like a, I forgot what her role was, but, uh, she would have a knitting and crochet, crochet like lunch and learn. And um, at the time I was working with two friends of mine and I was just like, we're doing it. And they were very receptive, but I was like, look, I go, I, we do stuff with you guys. I do stuff with you guys all the time. I was like, I wanna learn how to crochet again. And so she got me back into it and I haven't you know, put it down. Nice. So, Derica, how can anyone get in contact with you if they're interested in um, seeking your services with Philippe So they can um, email me at DerekaCardi at clearcurriculum.com, or they can go to my website, which is clearcurriculum.com. Um, and also, I have a, another business venture with um, my partner, Ernest Davis, and they can go to Ernest, sorry, DavisCardi.com. Awesome. So I am wishing you further success. I'm not wishing you success because you are you are successful at what you do. So I'm wishing you further success. And um, anything else you'd like to add? No, I'm, I think I'm so excited um, that you reached out to me. Um, this is my first pack podcast. I hope it's not my last. Um, it was very relaxing. I think you just have the voice, Natalie. And I'm, <laughs> I hear your voice. Um, I think there were times you were probably voice of reason um, when we were kids because there's a vivid memory that I have of both me, you, and Lisa. Um, <laughs> I can't say on the um, on the podcast, but I. I <laughs> convince us not to do something stupid 
Um, <laughs> mom, don't, oh, don't. Yeah, but no, I, I, it's so wonderful to um, hear your voice and to see you earlier. And, you know, um, I appreciate the blessings that uh, you just gave me. And I wish the same to you uh, and your family. Uh, and I hope to see you soon. We have yes. to, you know, physically meet in person. Well, I want to thank you again for being my guest today. And if you were out there listening and you were interested in being a guest on the Pause Reset podcast, please email me at pauseresetbrunch at gmail.com. Or you can check out my website, www.naturalinting.com. Or you can DM me on IG. My um, ID is LLC. So once again, thank you, Derica, for being my guest, and I hope everyone has an awesome day.